Wasting no time with these hoes. Let's no finesse Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Being Technical Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Bien, where I'm just being honest. I do appreciate you guys for listening in. Once again, you can stream me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also the Anchor app, whichever platform you do prefer. It's not matter to me as long as you are tuned in. Can't believe we are already at week two. Week two has just wrapped up the NFL season. Man, and there has been a lot has been going on so far in the season. A lot of injuries, and it's it's part of the game f- um, of the NFL. It is a violent game, so injuries tend to happen. And just like that, we're already at week three, man. The fantasy the football season just goes by so much faster than any other sport. Maybe just because it's the most exciting one, or they just play once a week. But week two is finally wrapped up. And I do have a couple things that I did notice and observe in this week two uh, of the football season. First of all, for those that do play fantasy football, uh, I'm sure if you guys had the, the, the studs that I have listed this week, you probably won. Uh, in my case, uh, I didn't win this week. Matter of fact, I went on three in all my fantasy weeks uh, in all my fantasy leagues. It was a tough week. Hopefully, I can turn around this week. But for those for those fantasy studs, if you did have this, if you did have these players this week. It was, I'm sure it was a great week for you. Start off with my main man, Dalvin Cook. Another another great performance from him. He he is what I thought who he was going to be when I, when the season started. I had him circled in as one of my studs this year. Once again, he had another 26 carries, 154 yards, and 37 yards in the passing game as well. I knew once uh, Gary Kubiak came in, I knew we were going to emphasize the run. And I did. If you were listening before, if you've been listening to me all this time, I said Dalvin Cook was going to be a top five, top three to five back. So far, he's proven me right. And also, the Patriots defense. <laughs> did they just unleash on the Miami Dolphins? What? I don't, the Miami Dolphins even considered a football team anymore? I, I don't even know who even goes to their games anymore. They play in Miami. I'm sure you guys got a million other things to do in Miami besides be at a Dolphins game, but... The pass lit him up. 35 fantasy points. I had never seen that before. They were about, they were the highest scoring. Uh, I swear they were like the highest scoring uh, player in fantasy. 35 and they cooked me this week too. Whoever had a Patriots defense, I'm sure you won. They burned me. Obviously, Pat Mahomes, he's always going to light it up every week. Another four touchdown performance. Also, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. He's been he's been talked about a lot this year as being a emerging superstar emerging star in fantasy. So far, he's been performing at 121 yards, be like 10 or 12 catches and a touchdown. And how about all the San Francisco running back, Raheem Mozart, Matt Breida, Jeff Wilson? Didn't matter who they had in that backfield, they all contributed. They all had 100 yards or a touchdown. They all performed. So if you had those studs this week, you probably won your game. And the duds, my two most notable duds this week were Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. I'm sure if you had those two, you were not expecting to get three or five points between those two. 
arguably those two guys some in some leagues probably went one and two respectfully in the in the draft and they were just complete duds this week in fantasy for those who own Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey I hope this was just an anomaly they're gonna go back to being the superstars that they are but that was that wasn't a good sight to see this last past Sunday those are my two duds of the week but what I did, which one was a very intriguing game that I noticed this week, was the Ravens and the, the Baltimore Ravens and the Arizona Cardinals. Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray look good so far. Two young quarterbacks. I didn't know what we were gonna expect from Lamar Jackson. We didn't think we didn't know if they were gonna still be a run-heavy team, and also Kyler Murray. We didn't know what the Kingsbury offense was was gonna look like but so far they look great especially Lamar Jackson he's got to be he's top two quarterback so far in in the league so far he has impressed me the most I had my doubts about him not gonna lie but so far he looks good he looks great looks like looks like he's got a bright future ahead of him it's just good to see the young quarterbacks finally emerging Kyler Murray Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes and then the other way around. The old veteran quarterbacks who are starting to notice are starting to decline and get injured. Big Ben hurting his shoulder, hurting his elbow, I'm sorry. Out for the year. Drew Brees tearing his ligaments in his thumb. He's going to be out six to possibly eight weeks. That's sad to see. And Eli getting benched. I mean, about time they benched Eli Manning. Man, how long can you hold on to two Super Bowl Giants? About time you changed, you drafted Daniel Jones with your sixth pick. That's why they're probably eager to get him out there because your job, the GM's job and the coach's jobs are uh, tied up with this kid. So you might as well throw him out there. They're on two. They ain't going anywhere anyways. You might as well experiment and see what you got in the future. So it looks like we're more of out with the old and in with the new. Big Ben, Drew Brees, Eli out. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Now Daniel Jones and also Kyler Murray are now, and Pat Mahomes, I'm sorry, are now the future of the league, it looks like. Obviously, the only anomaly is Tom Brady. He's the only old guy. Looks like he's out there. He looks like he's still young, 32 years old, even at a young 42 year, years old, still putting up big numbers, looking like he's about to uh, add on to a seventh Super Bowl, he, Super Bowl ring. But one of the lowlifes of the Week 2 f- uh, season was that pitiful Monday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. That was just a pitiful, terrible game. We saw a third-string quarterback for the Jets and Lick Falk, and it was just just a boring snooze fest. I know the Browns, they're the big hype team this year. Everyone had high aspiration for them. Another young quarterback, Baker Mayfield, leading them. He just has not been impressive this year. I don't know if they're just... Starting trying to get used to the Freddy Kitchens and having Odell and Landry and all these other weapons that they have now, Nick Chubb. I don't know if they're just still trying to get used to each other, but they just have not been impressive. It seems like every time you watch the Cleveland Browns, they're either trying to hit the home run or the play's over. It's like they just gotta simplify their offense. Other than other than Odell Beckham, who was also another stud, another fantasy stud this week. Having that long touchdown run. Other than that, that game was pretty pathetic. I know Odell Beckham in his old stadium. I know he wasn't playing the Giants, but that's still his old stadium in MetLife. So, you know, he had to show out. He was in New York. He was on Monday night. So, you know, he had to show out where his, his Richard Mille watch came out. You know, 
He was, it was all about Odell, but he was basically the highlight of the, of the Monday night game. But Monday night, y'all got to do some ESPN because that y'all had some pitiful Monday night. Uh, other than that, Saints and Texans game on Monday night, the last couple of years, you guys have had some pitiful games. Honestly, the only reason people are watching Monday night football really at this point is fantasy implications. People have players on fantasy football, and it's just football. But other than that, you guys have just become just almost unwatchable. The games that have been on Monday night have just been unwatchable. Just the fact that it's just Monday night. It's the only game they they hold on to that lure of Monday night. because I don't know about y'all, but from what, growing up, Monday night used to be the most exciting games. All the marquee games were on Monday night. You stayed up, whether you were a kid or you were in school, you stayed up past your bedtime to watch Monday night football. Now it's just been just that extra game. It looks like Sunday night has surpassed Monday night, but Monday night, y'all got to do something about y'all games because if they're going to be like that going forward, uh, y'all be careful. Y'all might start losing some ratings. But that wasn't the biggest Observation: Biggest thing I noticed on week two, as you've noticed, I haven't got to it yet. I was gonna save it for the late for later, but the biggest game that I had that made me the most frustrated was that Vikings Packers game. Looking at it at just the scoreboard, sixteen to twenty-one, you saw it as oh, it was probably a good game for those that probably didn't watch the game and just saw the scores, uh, the box score. You were like sixteen to twenty-one. They, they had a pretty good game. It looked like it was a pretty good game. But it was far from a good game. Because I don't know about y'all. The way the Vikings lost that game is just the epitome of how the Vikings lose every game possible. They give you an aura of hope. But at the end, they make bonehead mistakes and they just Find a way to lose a ball game. St- Let's start off with the game. Right away, first quarter. They go down 21-0. Boom. Cousins fumbles the football. Packers go down their first drive. Score. Bang. Turnover. Touchdown. Another one. 21-0. I was like, dang. Maybe the Packers are for real. They're- Let's just turn off the game. Okay, it's a blowout. Most of you probably... We're like, yeah, we're probably going to lose that Lambo. We're going to split. I was like, okay, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Sunday. They're getting blown out. But that's not what happened. Soon as they go down 21-0, Dalvin Cook comes down, gives you a 75-yard touchdown. Now it's 721. You're like, okay, we're not out of it. Then what happens? We stop the Packers. Now all of a sudden, here we go. We're moving the ball again. And what happens right before halftime is what upsets me. We score a touchdown. Stephon Diggs gets a touchdown. What we thought, three-yard touchdown for the end of the half. Right going to halftime. We're like, oh, okay. This is a 14-21 ball game. We, somehow we still have a chance. But just the Vikings' luck, the the officials review it. I don't know what they're reviewing. We think we're going to kick an extra point. They review it, and they call a pass interference on Dalvin Cook for a pick play, which that was what I, I lost it right there. I was like, how do you call a flag when there was no flag on the field? There was no thing called. 
and then you take a touchdown away from the from us, refs, what were you doing? I, I was trying to figure out because when I was listening to the commentary, they the the lead NFL ref was even saying there was not enough evidence to over even make that call. It was maybe it was could have, but it looked like Dalvin Cook was just trying to get off his his jam and just try to get open and it had no effect on the Stefan. They take a touchdown away from us. Honestly, this stupid pass interference rule is dumb. I blame the New Orleans Saints for this BS. This whole all that yes, they got now look what you did. You ruined the league. All your all because you cried over a pass interference call in Super Bowl. Yes, it was a missed call, but you guys had to fight it and now we all had to pay for this stupid pass interference rule. And now it's causing people games. Thanks a lot, New Orleans Saints. You deserve that because of your whole Bonnie Gay. You forget that. Now you guys want to cry about this stupid call. And now you're causing people games about from last year. You're causing people games this year. That was just pitiful. I'm sorry, referees, but you guys have been just god awful this year. God awful. Clean it up because you guys are starting to make the, the making these NFL games borderline unwatchable. You guys are taking calls, taking games in your own hand, making bad calls. I mean, you guys have been a lot of these refs have been officiating 20 years, 20, 30 years, and they've seen this play their whole career. Now all of a sudden they can't make the calls no more. Give me a break. Once again, that cost us four four points. We end up kicking a field goal. It's 10 to 21. Then you go to the second half. Cousins comes down, hits a bomb to Diggs, touchdown. Now all of a sudden the game is 16 to 21. You're like, oh my God, they're back in the game. This is now a ball game. So from you went from 21-0, this game's probably gonna be a blowout. You know, turn off the game, to all of a sudden you're like, oh, they this is what the Vikings do, though. They just throw that fishing rod out there. Bait you in, start tying, tie, start reeling you in, and you're like, okay, now there's some hope. They might make this, they might pull this off, even though history shows all these years I've been watching the bite, it's been 20 plus years, even though history shows they're probably gonna let you down, but they still give you that hope, so you're still watching. And what does Stefan Diggs do? He takes off his helmet. Gets him. I, I, he was probably mad over the touchdown over the second half. He takes off his helmet. We get a 15-yard penalty, not an extra point. It's a 49-yard field goal. And he missed it. got partially blocked. It's like, oh, my God. Okay, now we lost another point. Now that's five points. And then, let's not forget, Dan Bailey missed a field goal in the game, too. Can we make a field goal? I swear we're cursed. Oh, issues with the field goal kicking again? How has this not been fixed? I swear, it, that purple jersey is cursed. Ever since Gary Anderson missed that field goal in the 99 NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl against the Falcons, our kicking game has not been the same. We constantly keep having kicker problems from Blair Walsh, Daniel Carlson, Dan Bailey now. We just can't have a consistent kicker. It's almost like we always have to just cringe every time we see the kickers go out there. Another missed field goal. Then we're at midfield again. Cousins throws another, just the first boneheaded, but that wasn't even the most boneheaded. He throws an interception in the middle of the field against double coverage, picked off, stops another drive. 
Kirk, what are you doing? Not that's not where that that's only just the middle of it. So we get to the first, we get to the fourth quarter. Five minutes left. We get the ball. We're moving the ball. Dalvin Cook just feeding him. Madison, get us all the way down. They're just feeding nice little plays. All of a sudden, first and goal. Fourth quarter at the eight. We have a chance. We're like, man, we're getting blown out. We might even steal this game now. We have a chance to take the lead. And on first and goal, instead of running the football, we run a bootleg. A bootleg. I get it. Okay, a bootleg. Maybe try to catch the defense off guard. But it looked like the Packers knew that play was coming. Rolling out Cousins. Throwing. Instead of just throwing the ball away, we still would have had second and goal. Three more times to punch it in. What does Cousins do? He throws it into quadruple coverage and gets picked off. Aaron Rodgers runs out the clock and we lose the game 16 to 21. That was the most, just the most Vikings way to lose. Just when you think you could have stole the game, they just find ways to make mental mistakes and they lose the game. That was just a demoralizing loss. If they would have just lost the normal way when they were down 21 nothing, we could have just chalked it up because when most of us probably looked at the schedule, probably thought, hey, we're probably going to lose in Lambeau. It's okay. But just the way that they lost, Kirk Cousins just making an ill-advised throw on first and goal in the quadruple coverage, and it gets picked off. And we just lose. It just demoralizes. I mean, Kirk Cousins. Up, man. First of all, I have been a huge supporter of yours. I was on the bandwagon to bring you to Minnesota. You got $84 million. You were brought here to be the final piece to a Super Bowl team. And it looks like the pressure is getting to you. You just can't seem to beat a winning team. You just... Flustered under pressure, when the moment's bright, you shrink. $84 million, Kirk Cousins, we gave you. These are the games we brought you here for. Beat the Packers. And what makes it worse, this is only a noon game. We still got six more games on prime time this year. The rest of America still has to watch it six more times. What? Are we going to have to keep enduring this? Do we have to keep showing the American people this is what we're going to show them on national TV? This is just pathetic. I I don't even... I'm getting to the point where I would rather you guys play at noon every game just so we don't have to keep... People are just seeing... are noticing what Vikings fans go through. We still got... We still got Philadelphia on the schedule. We still got the Bears. We still got the Cowboys on Sunday night. The Chargers on Sunday night. Again, Seahawks on Monday night. And then we got the Packers. We still have six more primetime games. And you're already crumbling at a noon game? Please get it together. Because America's going to see us six times this year on primetime. If you're going to fluster like this in a divisional game, in a game you could have took, even though we had no business winning, that's what winning football teams do. 
Games they're not even supposed to win, and they win. That shows how strong we are as a team. Our defense bailed. They they made adjustments. Why can't the offense make adjustments? They didn't give up a point after the. They didn't give up another point after the first quarter, or uh, they didn't give up another point. Dalvin Cook was keeping us in the game. I'm sorry, but. At this rate, I do not want Dalvin Cook getting this much of a workload. I, as much as I have him on a fantasy football team and I want Dalvin Cook to prosper, we need to preserve Dalvin Cook. We cannot, we cannot keep feeding him the football this many times. He can't keep getting 26, 30 touches a game. He's going to wear down. We got to keep him fresh for the stretch because we have a Super Bowl caliber team. It's up to the play caller. But as much, I know... I know after the end of the game, at the post post game, Cousins owned up to it. The man just knows how to talk in the podium. He always makes you feel bad for him and forgive him and like, oh, Kirk understands what he did wrong. But he says the right things at the podium. But he keeps doing the wrong things on the field. Come on, Kirk, get it together. But as much as it is blame, uh, this po- this blame you're gonna get on this, but you're not gonna get all the blame on this pie. You get a large part of this pie. But I'm putting some of this blame on the offense. Stefanski, Kubiak, what are you doing? What are this play calling? It's very basic play calling. Is it just run, run, and then play action, and then try to hit the deep ball? Where's the intermediate passing game? How come we don't have any short passing game, any slants, any drag routes, anything that just quick passing game just to get the other, just to get the get the offense going? We have two of the best wide receiver duo in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Use them, damn it. You got the two best receivers. Why aren't they getting the ball? Find ways to get the playmakers the ball. Come on, Stefanski. This looks like 2012 Christian Ponder and Adrian Peterson all over again. Just feed Adrian Peterson and stack boxes. See what you can do, and then we'll run a play action. Run, 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 pass. But back then, we didn't pay Christian Ponder $84 million. We paid Cousins $84 million to elevate the offense past just the running game. That's another thing I observed. What happened to this revamped offensive line? We draft Bradbury. We go get Klein. We move Elfline to his natural position guard. We still have O'Neal, who's still arguably our best offensive lineman so far. We still have Reef, but we still have the same problems sure they improved in the run blocking but it just seems like every time cousins drops back he gets pressure and he's starting and it's starting to get to him and he's not making the same throws he was making last year last year he had the same he had matter of fact he had a worse offensive line but he still was putting up he was still finding ways to get the ball to Diggs and Thielen he was still able to make those throws but for some for some reason this year He's not able to throw the ball, and he just starts seeing his goal. The problem with you have to protect Cousins. He has to have a clean pocket to make these throws. We have to find a way. They better get, maybe they haven't gelled, or maybe they're still getting used to the offense, but y'all better get this situated clear quickly because, I'm sorry, you still have the Bears on your schedule who are another ferocious defense. You're still going to have the Eagles. You're still going to have the Cowboys. You're going to have to get this offensive line, this play calling put together. Cousins. You just have to be a better than a game manager at this point. You paid $84 million. Make the throw. Stop being scared. You asked to be in this situation. You wanted to play for a contender. 
You're starting to show the American people that you're not built for this. Sure, you had to put up your gaudy stats in Washington. You got to hide under Washington because they were always 8-8 eight and eight and 7-9. and nine. So people really didn't think you were more of an aftermath. But even in Washington, you, you crumbled when the lights were bright. And people still were an aftermath because nobody really took the Washington Redskins serious. Then you come to Minnesota. You took that huge $84 million at the time. That was one of the biggest contracts. You're fully guaranteed. And you're starting to show the American people you are not built for this. This is just absurd. At the, I, I'm not going to jump off the bridge. I'm not going to jump off the bandwagon just yet. It's only week two. I'm not going to panic just yet. I know if you go on any of the social media, any of the sports ra- Minnesota radio, any of the other radio uh, talk show hosts, whether whatever channel you watch, they have been just giving it to Cousins. Anything the Vikings post on either Twitter and Instagram, they just post something. People are always in the comments section just talking about how much they hate Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, this is your chance to win over the Minnesota Vikings fans. Because I don't know if you realize this could be it for you as a starter, as a main guy. You might be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. At this point, you are glorified Ryan Fitzpatrick. Another guy who's going to put up big stats, but when you need him, he crumbles. He plays poorly when the games matter because if you don't perform when this contract's up, Kirk Cousins, because you're going to get this year and all of next year, if you don't get this team somewhere, you're just going to be a journeyman quarterback from here on out for the rest of your career. You're just going to be a stopgap quarterback. You're just going to be a quarterback somebody picks up that they just need because they drafted a young quarterback. You're just going to be there until the kid, the young quarterback is ready, and you're going to find yourself just like Ryan Fitzpatrick bouncing around the league, and that's going to be you for the rest of your career. I don't know if you want that, but at this rate, Kirk Cousins, this is what's going to end up happening to you. You're going to end up being a journeyman quarterback. I still have... I still have faith. At this point, it's blind. It's just blind, blind support. I'm just closing my eyes and just hanging tight because it's the Vikings. I had high hopes in you guys. I had I picked you guys to go to the Super Bowl. It's only week two, so I'm not gonna hit the panic button yet. I know the rest of us, a lot of Vikings fans, already hitting the panic button. But you have a chance to redeem yourself. You still have your prime time games. So please, please get it together. Also. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's not too happy of where he's at. He got into it with his coach, Doug Marone, on the sideline, and he wants to be traded. So, hey, Vikings, I know how much you like defense, so you went this whole philosophy. Instead of giving up one of those defensive players to throw up your offensive line, you kept everybody. Why not go after Jalen Ramsey? They want two first-round picks or a first-round pick of the player. You give it to them. Because this whole philosophy, you guys want to be run the football, play defense, you go get Jalen Ramsey. Do you have to give up a first round pick and maybe Trey Waynes or Rhodes, whatever it takes, you go get Jalen Ramsey because he's the best corner in the NFL right now and he's only 24. Rick Spielman, if I was you, I would pull the trigger because this might be your last season as our GM. So if you want to hold on to those draft picks, they might not be your picks to draft in the future. 
Because I don't know if you've been watching, Xavier Rhodes is just not the same. Qual- I don't know what happened to that guy. He just, for some reason, he, he just can't cover anybody anymore. We still treat him as he's a shutdown corner. Seems like the only receiver he knows how to shut down is Julio Jones. If we played Atlanta Falcons 16 times, he probably still might, he might look like the best corner. So he can't guard nobody. For as much as I like Trey Waynes, I know he gets a lot of heat, he, but he, he's, he, he's, he's, he's solid. But he's up for a contract. You're probably going to lose him anyways. If you can package him and go get Jalen Ramsey, please do. Because the way our offense is looking, if they don't get it together, we might have to shut everybody down all season just to get some wins. So Vikings, if you can get Jalen Ramsey, go get him. Whatever it takes, go get him. Because he will shore up. We will. If we get you add Jalen Ramsey to that secondary with Harrison Smith, you still got Anthony Harris. You still either got Rose. If Rose could be a good second corner instead of being the first corner, pair him with Jalen Ramsey, and you still have Everson and Danell Hunter, you would surpass the Chicago Bears, in my opinion, as the best defense in football and would have the best, solidify the best secondary. And Jalen Ramsey is only. 24 years old. He's going to be like 25 in a month. He's still, he's still in his prime in his career. So, Rick Spielman, you better go make pull this trigger because you don't have much time left. This is Super Bowl or bust this year. You better go make something happen. Whether it's go get him or get some offensive line, do something. Because I, 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 can't, I can't put up with games like this again. This is just getting ridiculous. Losing games like this, mental errors, can't block, quarterback making a dumb interception, and you lose. So when you when the regular person sees the box score, they see 16 to 21. Oh, they lost, they had the game. No, that loss is the epitome of the way the Vikings lose. They're starting to make my blood boil. I don't know if I can if they keep if this season's gonna be like this again, I, I might be done with this team. They're they're just bad for my health. I, I just can't handle it no more. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Defense, number 98. There is half the distance to the goal line. And number 98 is ejected for the game. All right. God, hot. I'm hot. Get me out of here, man. Anyways, if I keep talking, I'm going to get mad. Thank you for tuning in this week's episode of the BN Technical Podcast. Once again, you can stream me at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, even the Anchor app, whatever, whatever platform you choose to listen to me. As long as you're listening, that's all I care about. You can also follow me on Twitter, Just Being Aaron, Instagram, Just Being Aaron. Thank you for tuning in. I'm out because I'm mad. All right, I'm going to leave. I'm going to take myself out this. I'm, I'm done.